Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. Grayson, football season is uh, officially over. How are we doing today? You know, it's that seasonal depression that you get the three or four days after the Super Bowl where you know, you've, you've got to look ahead at the calendar and, and realize that college football is a very far way away. However, we can start to look to spring ball. We can start to look to the quarterback competition. We can start to look to Ole Miss baseball that starts the season on Friday afternoon, and it's a great time of year to switch focus and be really excited for some beer showers and some some potentially shutout innings from a brand-new pitching staff this spring. Yeah, it's, it's nice for Ole Miss fans. Most people have to try to find something to do between now and, what, August? give or take September um, depending on how big a fan you are spring practice and spring games and all that. But Ole Miss fans uh, get to uh, pay attention to uh, college baseball uh, because Ole Miss takes college baseball quite serious. Uh, we'll get into uh, a little mini college baseball preview in the second uh, segment of the show. But first uh, we're going to get your thoughts on this. Um, saw this on Twitter earlier. Um, and it was, uh, kind of, uh, kind of made me laugh. Um, but, uh, Alex Kirshner on Twitter, the, uh, co-host of split zone duo, which is a college football podcast. Uh, he does some writing for five thirty eight. um, former SB nation guy. Uh, he quote tweeted a tweet from Stuart Mandel, um, of the athletic who tweeted that uh, when Lane Kiffin talked about a salary cap in recruiting, this is what he meant. Uh, soon every school will have a third-party, quote, collective that pulls millions in fan donations to create NIL packages for recruits. Um, this was uh, a tweet that was referencing a piece that he wrote titled Cars, Apartments, and Six-Figure Packages. Um, it's just about everything uh, about you know, inside the new money field frontier of college football and the arms race that goes with NIL. Um, so Alex Kirshner quoted the tweet and said, college football already has a compensation cap. The courts are steadily whittling away at it. No chance now is the time to develop a new one. Lane, referring to Lane Kiffin, needs to get a job at a bigger budget football team or get over it. I have an idea which one he prefers. I would assume um oh and then yeah so he later references which compensation cap he is referring to in a later tweet uh 
scholarship rules and and adjoining conditions on what schools can give athletes are the uh is what he's referring to as a compensation cap um yeah it's just a weird a weird shot at lane kiffin here what are your thoughts well so i'm gonna flip it back on you real quick here and and he says scholarship rules and adjoining conditions on what schools can give the athletes is what he calls a compensation cap do you have any idea what he means by that? I take it as the current rules are in place for what schools can pay the athletes in terms of like academic scholarships and all that stuff. Yeah. But it, does that mean he's just completely ignoring NIL and all of the bagmen recruiting that has occurred for the last That's, seven yeah. years? That's exactly what he's doing. And for someone who's on a podcast with Stephen Godfrey who wrote a bagman piece. It's a little odd. And to me, this is similar to like the person who says, well, uh, college football players shouldn't need uh, money or NIL packages because they get a free education. Like, okay, dude, come on. You're forest and trees. You're missing them. Um, ah, This is, for me, it's just kind of disingenuous i was talking to some other folks about this and some people were making some great points about how it's i i've listened to their show before and it's a good college football podcast they do a nice job covering the sport a lot of times they they do pull for the for the underdog they pull for the smaller school i mean they they are one of many who advocated for cincinnati to get into the college football playoff and, and and constantly push for g5 teams to get a shot so why is um, Lane Kiffin picked out of all the other coaches that are saying the same thing and you're just, oh, go, 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 go to a place with a bigger budget or shut up. Like, I, just, I don't know. I, seems, seems dumb. I think my bigger issue with it is, is what we kind of led with. He's just ignoring the fact that recruiting has always been influenced by money and he's ignoring the fact that nil is a a very prominent thing it's almost as if he just didn't read the athletic article where it says uh quote from from a president and co-founder of spire spire sports which is a tennessee centric collegiate sports collective quote if you would have asked us four to five months ago we might have said that we want to try and raise three million four million five million annually now the goal is 25 million annually or more and we think that goal is absolutely attainable so then kirshner is coming around and saying that there's already a compensation cap but but that can't be true because a school like georgia southern over there in the sun belt with clay helton isn't able to raise $25 million. So, so why are we just ignoring all of this on top of the fact that he goes on to say that he's getting major cry for help undertones all around from Lane Kiffin. Then is what Nick Saban said, a cry for help. Does Nick Saban want out of Alabama? Because he said, quote, I think what is a little concerning is how that used is how that used to get players to decide I think that's a typo, but anyway, uh, he, Nick Saban goes on to say that, you know, they need to control the national legislation for NIL. And then Kirby Smart says, quote, and the schools that have the capacity and the ability 
are more competitive in the NIL market are going to be the schools that have a step ahead of other top programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then is that a major cry for help? I, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't seem to fit the narrative. So does Kirby smart want, want out of Georgia? Like, what are we, what are we doing? I, I think it's kind of a ridiculous take that's intended to use lane as a reason for people to talk about him and for people to click. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. No, that's what it is. I mean, Lane Kiffin is arguably the most influential, most popular head coach on Twitter right now. With, with by a significant margin. Yeah. I mean, outside of Brian Kelly being popular just because he <laughs> is a terrible dancer and is super awkward. But yeah, I mean, Kiffin is, he moves the needle. And I, I mean, I think that's all it is. Um, it's, yeah, I, I thought that was silly. Um, I saw that, so I just wanted to to ask you. But yeah, just come on, man. Like, just stop acting like people haven't been paying players this whole time. NIL is just a way to do it once they're on campus and to incentivize for players to come pick your school because you have particular packages that might interest recruits. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I would argue that the growth and maturation of the transfer portal was more important to Ole Miss than the NIL significant uh, resurgence or I guess not resurgence the the NIL thing becoming real and becoming an actual thing in college football I mean Ole Miss is going to do NIL but look it's yeah it's a smaller school not a ton of alumni compared to Alabama or Georgia so they're going to have some limitations but I mean I think I think Kiffin I mean he showed it in this class the transfer portal is far more important to Ole Miss than NIL. Now they're going to do what they can to compete and they're going to, you know, I, I mean, look, the Ole Miss spirit has already set up NIL opportunities for several players. We've interviewed them, you know, Aishim Young, Jordan Watkins, DeAndre Prince. I mean, we, we, we've, we've talked to these guys, but if we're, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves and looking at it from a, you know, thousand foot view, it's going to be hard for Ole Miss and uh, to compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias in the NIL world because they are smaller, but it's not cry for help. I think Kiffin is very surgical and very, you know, everything he does is premeditated. He does everything for a reason, especially on Twitter. I mean, we, we, we were talking about this in uh, a group text about how, um, <laughs> How it was funny, I guess a year ago. Um, I mean, I'll, shout out to to Juco All American over at Red Cup. Um, he, he mentioned how Lane uh, devoted a a lot of time last offseason to how fake injuries in football games needs to be fixed, and then when nothing changed, he just totally exploited it and used it as a way to slow teams down that run, you know, up tempo. Sure, you can criticize him. Everybody else does it. So if you can find a way to use it to your advantage and college football is not going to fix it, nothing wrong with that. Just using it to your advantage. Exactly. You can you can clutch your pearls and scream at the clouds and tell people to get off your lawn about it. But look, he's just doing what he can within the rules, so to speak, to win football games. So him doing this, it seems like it's calculated. 
and the fu- the funniest part is like this also goes back to the the Jimbo Fisher thing. Like Jimbo Fisher was so quick to say that they that NIL had no factor in his recruiting class. Come on. Like now especially now that I actually couldn't believe that um the Tennessee collective was able to like put in writing or like was willing to put in writing everything that they did. Um, because I think it really is a, a pretty eye opening article about w- what we already knew, but what is about to come from what we already knew. Mm-hmm. And the, the matter of the fact is that NIL plays a factor these days. It, it absolutely does. And so to ignore it and to ignore the fact that it is unregulated is just silly. I mean, it's, it's not even, it's not even a, a, there's no basis to it. It's just, a, it's an absurd thing. Like I, I get it. You know, Lane Kiffin might want a bigger market. I mean, if, if, if he hadn't been fired at USC, I think he would probably still be there. He may mm-hmm. choose to go to the NFL one day, all of that stuff, right? There's a lot of what ifs and there's a lot of, discussion that will continue to be had every single off season about Lane Kiffin going to Michigan or Ohio state or Miami or wherever it is. So sure. Could he want out, but is, is NIL the reason that Lane Kiffin wants to leave Oxford? No, like absolutely not. Look what he was able to do under the current regulations. I mean, look at the transfer portal class he just signed. Sure he didn't land the number one recruiting class in the nation, but he doesn't have Texas A&M boosters who are making a ton of money from oil. Like, yeah, I was going to say directly coincides with, with oil going up. The the fluctuation of oil prices eerily lines up with how well A&M does in recruiting. But again, A&M has been doing well in recruiting for years and they still go eight and four. So look, it, recruiting is so it's so different now i mean you can't pay attention to what happens in december that can't be the end all be all you can't focus on rankings i mean we've talked about it for for years now with the importance of looking at the average star rating because not every school i mean it's different i mean back in the day it used to be everybody signed you know 25 to 30 depending on what you did the year before it's not like that anymore because people are reserving spots for the transfer portal that's what Ole Miss did they've done it the last two years Lane Kiffin and his staff have said that's what their plan is, and they're sticking to it. They're not going to panic and freak out. They're going to let it play out, and that's what they did. And if you're if you're a recruiting traditionalist, I'm sorry, but this is it's it's constantly evolving and it's changing. At the end of the day, Ole Miss signed. Uh, pull it up right here. Um, efforting. Apologies. Um, so yeah, sign sixteen and fourteen transfers, or thirteen. Um, Essentially, a fifty-fifty split. Like when it uh, all shakes out. Yeah. So it, look, it, it's um, again just the rankings i know people want to look at the rankings it's nice to be ranked high and for all the graphics on twitter to show how high you're ranked but again just just look at the players they're bringing in and focus on that look at who the transfers are zach evans is a former five star 
Then you've got Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg with Darius Tennyson, Malik Heath, J.J. Pegues, Jared Ivey, Aishim Young. I mean, all these guys that were highly rated recruits coming out of high school have either played at the Power 5 level and had success, or they played one year, started as a true freshman, made a splash at the, at the program they were at before they were at Ole Miss. I mean, just, just focus on that. Um, and look, at this point, you know, people, you know, trust lane has always been the, the, the mantra for a lot of people. Um, and that's, that's really all you can do because again, it comes down to it. Ole Miss is having to get creative and find unique ways to bring in talent because look, part of it with what Alex Kirscher said is right. I mean, Ole Miss does operate with smaller budget. They are a smaller fish in a big pond, but they're still getting talent and they're still competing at a high level. I mean, this is almost what 10 and three a year ago with Matt Corral and a banged up receiver room and a much improved defense. I mean, this isn't a team that fields, you know, 25 something four and five stars like the Ohio States, the Georgias, the Alabamas of the world. So it's, I, I think it's. I think it makes our job fun. It makes covering college football a little more exciting because it's just another variable thrown in there for agreed. recruiting. Agreed. And and to sum it up here, uh, before we can go take our our first break, but Kershner's take is lazy. It's a lazy public grab for like a hot take. If you like, he wants to just get, it's just lazy. There is no compensation cap. And then he's like, you said, he is, he is somebody who begged and pleaded for a group of five team to make the playoff or, or for it to continue to be the case where a group of five team makes a playoff every single year. Kirshner is very vocal about group of five teams. And then he's turning around and saying that lane should leave for a school with a bigger budget should those group of five programs get a bigger budget? Should they should they leave for a bigger budget? They can't. So it's it's a contradictory, lazy, quick grabbing take that didn't really generate all that much buzz anyway. And as it yeah. shouldn't because it's lazy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the equivalent, like I said, of somebody saying, "Well, they don't need money because they get a free education." No, come on. All right, we're going to take our first break here from the sponsors to make the show possible. When we come back, we'll talk some more recruiting as we've got some, uh, some 2023, 2024 names to look at. Um, and then a, a very, <laughs> very interesting recruiting strategy from an Alabama coordinator. Uh, so hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. 
whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry, Grayson, we're with you. Grayson, you mentioned to me uh, there was a, an offer that was extended yesterday to uh, a 2024 prospect at a uh, particular place of interest that I think will pique um, Ole Miss fans. Um, so uh, their ears might perk up here. But uh, you mentioned him to me um, before we started. So, uh, you, and I know you love the big uglies. So let's, let's hear it. You, uh, you want to talk about him? I do. I'm really excited about this guy. And and now it's very early. It's a class of 2024 guy. So there's a lot of ball left to be played on the recruiting trail, but I love, 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 love what I've seen out of him. His name is Juan Manaya, not to be confused with the relief pitcher in the MLB. Just, I'd say it's a great name. Just no relation to one another, but his name is Juan Manaya. He's a six foot six, 315 pound sophomore at Paramus Catholic High School. Now, if, if you didn't catch it right away, Paramus Catholic High School is where Chris Partridge was back before he got into the collegiate ranks. It's out in New Jersey, and Partridge knows the school, has a great relationship with everybody there to this day, and has brought a lot of that New Jersey, Philadelphia area pipeline to Oxford. And Juan yeah. Naya hopefully is the next one on that list. And I'm really excited about him. I went and watched his, his sophomore season highlights yesterday. He only played nine games. They have him starting at left tackle. But there's a highlight in there that looked a lot like Michael Orr on the blind side. The, the Paramus <laughs> had the ball. At the 31 yard line, and Manaya puts his gets his his mitts on a linebacker at the 30 yard line and finishes his block two yards into the end zone. I'm so high on this guy. It's so early, but Ole Miss gave him his first offer because I guarantee you what happened was Paramus's head coach, don't know who it is right now, but Paramus's head coach likely called up Partridge and said, Look, you want this guy, you need this guy, get in on him now before he starts to get into the cycle, before he gets ranked, before he takes off and gets offers from more than likely 10, 15, 20 division one schools. 
Ole Miss was first to him. He has that relationship with Paramus and Partridge. I'm super high on him, and I, I look forward to watching his recruitment unfold because it's going to get very interesting, but now Ole Miss is first to him, and I think that will be a crucial component to somebody who I, I – from the tape that I watched yesterday could very easily end up being a four high floor five-star recruit by the time it's all said and done. So Juan Manaya, remember the name, keep an eye out for it. I'm really, really high on this guy as a left tackle. Now there's a lot of ball left to be played. He could end up getting hurt. He could get, you know, whatever. He could not be very good as a junior and senior as his development, you know, hopefully continues. But as of right now, look out for Juan Manaya. Could not be more excited about this dude. Yeah, I... Grayson, do you remember when you were 6'6", 315 pounds and you were a sophomore in high school? I, I do not. I, 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 would, I, was, <laughs> I was probably half his weight in high school. I, yeah, I, it's, it's wild. I mean, obviously genetics and people are built different, but it's still, it, it, it's still astonishing to me just how big some of these prospects can, can be as they're, you know, eighth grade, freshman, sophomore. It, it's wild. Um, all right. And, and you said this to me last night and it's hilarious to me that, that this is where we're at in college football, but it's also like hilarious in a good way. Like not like laughable, like this is stupid, um, which some people might think it is. And, and you know what? It, it kind of is, but it's also great because it puts people in position to have to deal with this who hate recruiting or, you know, there are some people that hate covering recruiting because of how silly stuff can be um and you know look if you do like you know go find something else to do um but talking about someone who is being put in position to have to have conversations like this i would love to be a fly on the wall to hear bill o'brien talk to an eighth grader about Fortnite. um this was something that you wrote about yesterday so please just lay it all out there for us Sure, I'll, I'll sum it up really quick here. It's so funny. It's so great. Um, Julian Lewis is, is this recruit's name. He's 6'1", 165 pounds, out of Georgia, plays quarterback. And now that all sounds like, you know, well and good. He's an eighth grader. Julian Lewis is an eighth grade. He's a class of 2026 recruit. He's considered the number one quarterback in the class of 2026. Whatever, whatever that means, I don't know. It's 2022. This guy's not even in high school yet, but he's the number one eighth grader. He has, has 5,700 followers on Twitter. Yeah, it's insane. And, and TikTok, he's got close to 90K, I think. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> yeah, eighth grader. And he has offers from Florida, Georgia Tech, Michigan, uh, Penn State, Alabama, Morgan State, and Ole Miss. Chris Partridge um, offered him back in. Yeah, I'm on. trying to find when it was. I got it. After, got it. after you sent it to me, I remembered it was back in November. November 19th. Uh, six foot, 165 pound Lewis, an eighth grader, was offered a scholarship by Chris Partridge. So that's. That's wild. I mean, we're talking about an eighth grader. 
And so, so yesterday I stumbled or over the weekend, I, st- I stumbled upon uh, Julian Lewis. He goes by Juju. I stumbled upon his, his TikTok, and in one of his videos, he posted himself. I think it was just kind of like to be a viral funny prank because it's hilarious. So if that was the intention, it worked. Um, he sent Bill O'Brien, who is the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Alabama right now, a, a like multiple clips of him playing Fortnite. And in response, Bill O'Brien said, quote, Juju, you're insane at Fortnite and football, laughing face emoji. And, and while the response to Juju isn't like anything particularly funny, the idea of Bill O'Brien talking with an eighth grader about Fortnite is hysterical because the last time that Bill O'Brien was on the recruiting trail, so he served as the head coach at Penn State in 2012 and 2013, and then was with the Houston Texans from 2014 to 2020. And then even before that, the last time that he was on the collegiate level was 2006. So, so since 2006, which was 18 years ago, no, 16 years ago, Bill O'Brien has spent two years on the collegiate level. So he's only dealt with recruiting as a head coach for two years in the last 16. And now after, you know, not even having to think about recruiting as the head coach and general manager of an NFL organization, he is now having to talk to a quarterback recruit about Fortnite for the class of 2026. I was going to say, not just talking about Fortnite, but talking about Fortnite with an eighth grader. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I couldn't find it more entertaining because I just, I mean, objectively, <laughs> Bill O'Brien I mean, will not be the offensive coordinator unless every, I mean, don't get me wrong. Things could go very wrong for him in his professional career of like climbing the ladder or whatever. But Alabama's supposed to be a one or a two year stop for him to show everybody, hey, I'm a heck of an offensive coach. You should bring me back to the NFL is kind of his goal, or at least that's the belief. So he's having to talk with a recruit who is four years out from now, for almost five years out, where he would probably not be at Alabama. And he has to pretend to care about a video game that he probably, like, I don't think Bill O'Brien has played a single game of Fortnite in his entire life. And it's so, it's just hilarious. I mean, he's talking to an eighth grader about Fortnite, and that's the world that we live in these days. Yeah, I I would think that Bill O'Brien is either perfectly fine with staying at Alabama as the OC and just kicking back and implementing his system to the next four or five star that comes through over and over and over. Or like you said, trying to get back to the NFL because ultimately at the NFL, you don't have to recruit teenagers that play Fortnite. You work with professionals. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is why college football is just the greatest sport because you, uh, I mean, the only sport that possibly rivals the silliness of college football is college baseball recruiting because I feel like those college baseball prospects typically commit incredibly early for reasons I don't know. But I mean, you you will see 
prospects commit as early as eighth grade all the time, like sometimes seventh grade. It's, it's insane. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is just, just brilliant. I, I love this. And it's almost where I feel like the recruits kind of know that they hold the power. And it's almost, it's almost like Julian Lewis knows, Hey, I can get Bill O'Brien to talk to me about Fortnite just because he knows that they want to recruit him. Um, it's, it's hilarious. So, um, it's just, just amazing that this is where we are. It's everything, everything that makes college football and college football recruiting great right here. An eighth grader texting the former general manager and head coach of the Houston Texans about Fortnite. I mean, what a, what a completely normal sport. And you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty genius. And I need to, you mentioned um, how many followers he has on TikTok. I, I need to um, enter his, his TikTok handle into his on three profile, because I want to see how that will affect his NIL valuation. That's um, part of the on three database on three.com right now with his Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so he's got 46,000 followers on Instagram, five and a half thousand on Twitter. Right now, his NIL valuation is already at 88,000. That's crazy. So I need to, all right, I, I'm going to edit this. Well, remind me uh, on our next episode this week to come back and check um, what this will do to his NIL valuation, which again is just an, just an estimation. Um, you know, there's, a, there's an NIL valuation explainer on on three at on3.com you can kind of look at it it's not a you know obviously it's not a guarantee of how much that they're potentially worth um you know it's just a um an algorithm that folks far smarter than me and uh the ceo and founder of on3 shannon terry have come to uh to put together um basically um looking at it here the baseline is established through a prospect social platforms um, so like engagement, social media strength, you know, how strong is their following, their engagement, college prestige of who is offering them, um, their player ranking, what position they play, you know, their performance on the field, achievements, stuff like that. So there's a, it, it's very calculated with this valuation, but I would, I would love to see what the, uh, the TikTok profile does to it. Um, 14 year old is worth. <laughs> Oh man, this is the best. Uh, All right, we're going to take our final break. And then when we come back, we'll close up the show, talking some college baseball. Starting uh, weekend rotation was released for Ole Miss as they play host to Charleston Southern this weekend. First pitch on Friday at 4 p.m. So hang tight. We'll be right back to talk Ole Miss baseball. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 seven, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. 
podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. And we are back here on Not Committed. Talked a ton of recruiting. We've talked a ton of NIL, ton of transfer portal, but we're going to uh, briefly step back from the recruiting world and talk some college baseball because at the top of the show, we said that Ole Miss is obviously a program that uh, takes college baseball very seriously. Um, man, really burying the lead here with this one. But uh, Ole Miss, D1 baseball has them top five preseason rankings. Um, and Mike Bianco introduced his starting rotation, uh, this week, Jake Thompson over at Ole Miss Spirit, uh, wrote about this, the, uh, starting rotation for the weekend. You've got Derek Diamond on Friday, Saturday will be the Texas A&M Corpus Christi transfer, John Gaddis, the Southpaw, and then Drew McDaniel on Sunday. What were your initial thoughts when you saw this? I was pretty excited about it because um, 
I, I guess the way that I would phrase this is is coming into this series, I, I figured that Gaddis would be in the mix um, for a Saturday or Sunday spot behind Diamond, but I was under the assumption, and now I have no basis for this, but I was kind of just under the assumption that McDaniel was going to end up being the Saturday guy. And so the fact that Gaddis is the Saturday guy gives me a, a lot of hope for this rotation because that means Gaddis has outperformed pretty much everybody except for Daniel, right? Cause he's the number two starter um, or I'm sorry, except for diamond because he's the number two starter. And so the fact that Mike Bianco and the staff down there in Oxford are, are excited about Gaddis enough to put him in that number two spot over a guy like Drew McDaniel, who showed to be a very good pitcher last year. Um, it, it, it makes me hopeful that perhaps losing Hogland and Nikhazy will not be as detrimental as I had initially thought. I, I thought that this team, obviously the bats are all there, but I feel like to me putting Ole Miss at number five is warranted based on the bats, but based on the rotation feels a little high because we just don't know if diamond's going to, you know, we don't know if he's going to be the, the ace that he was expected to be and is expected to be now that he's the Friday guy. And then we really didn't have any idea what Saturday, Sunday, midweek was going to look like. Now that we do having Gaddis in there at the number two, I, I think that means he could be somebody who can be relied on almost as a Friday night starter on a Saturday. And, and that's, uh, that's very encouraging. Yeah. I, I think this is just a, after following almost baseball for so long, I think this is just a, a pretty obvious challenge for Mike Bianco here for Derek diamond. Um, I agree. Came in with a ton of hype guy that was initially headed to Stanford um, after some kind of, I mean, it was labeled as he just did not qualify to get into Stanford. I don't know the details of that, but he ended up at Ole Miss. Um, last season was three and five, five, two, six earned run average, 82 strikeouts and 75 and a third innings pitched, had 32 walks and 20 appearances. Um, I think this is just a challenge for Mike Bianco. Like, hey, you have the tools to be the number one guy. We want you to be our number one guy. We want you to be the Friday night guy. Um, I, I mean, I thought at times last year he flashed a good bit. I mean, early in the season against Texas in the college baseball showdown in Arlington was touching, you know, 95, 96 against the Longhorns. I think that's what they expect him to do every Friday night. And I think that this is a challenge for him to be the guy, you know, Doug Nikhazy's gone, Gunnar Hoagland's gone. It's Derek Diamond's time to step up. It's now or never. Um, Drew Daniels, another guy that, that, that did some good things a year ago and did some not so good things. Um, had a five and two record. You know, the good news was he struck out 72 and 63 and two thirds. The bad walked 22 um, and had over a six ERA. It, it's, hey, it's one year under the, you know, 
when you're in the program, two years in the program, whatever it is, it's, it's time to step up. This is, you know, Hey, it's time to take the next step and, and be a weekend guy. And then Gaddis is someone, um, second team, all Southland selection, um, had 72 strikeouts in 64 innings was seven and six, 2.25 ERA, um, only allowed 42 hits and 64 innings of work. So they're, uh, putting him in the middle to go with a righty lefty righty matchup for the weekend. Um, the guy that gets forgotten here. And again, talking about diamond getting challenged to be the Friday guy. I think that right now, I mean, look, if you're putting Jack Washburn in a midweek mm-hmm. spot, I mean, that's, that, that, that's some teeth right there. I mean, this is someone who is a big time transfer portal pickup from Oregon state. I think some thought that he would be factoring into the weekend rotation and he still could. I mean, we have, the season hasn't even started. Um, had a 3 one ERA in 2021, struck out 43 and 34 in a two-thirds innings, gave up 22 hits, only one double and one home run. So he's a guy that has played at a Power 5 program in Oregon State that is not what they used to be under Pat Casey, but, but still very good. And uh, if I'll say this. If Jack Washburn is still the midweek guy in May, that's a good sign for Ole Miss. It's a great sign. I, I think the biggest number with Washburn, um, 2020, he, he was a freshman out there in Corvallis. Uh, didn't really do all that much because, A, coronavirus cut the season short. B, he was a freshman. But last year when he got out there, you listed all his ERA and his strikeouts and stuff. I think the biggest, most impressive number with Washburn is that he held opponents to a 0.186 batting average. So if you have a guy that's holding people, holding opposing lineups under a 200 batting average pitching midweek, um, and like you said, especially if it's still the case come May, that's a very, very positive sign for Diamond doing what he is supposed to do on Friday, Gaddis figuring out how to pitch in the SEC on Saturday, and McDaniel making a big, big step forward on Sundays. So seeing Gaddis again, like I said it to open and I'll say it to close, seeing Gaddis as the number two. Um, I guess I guess actually now that I, I talk about it more, I guess you could see it as maybe a knock on McDaniel. I don't see it that way. I see it as a positive sign that Gaddis is is a really solidified guy who has enough confidence from the staff to step in there on Saturdays and give Ole Miss in an ideal world, a 2-0 lead going into a guy like McDaniel, who, like we said, showed some really good stuff in terms of strikeouts last year. Um, and it's not a direct comparison because they're, they're not the same player at all. But when you look at Ryan Rollison back when he was, he was in school, he struggled very early on, um, with his ERA and, and still actually kind of does out there in Colorado, but has an unbelievable strikeout uh, pitch and is able to take down batters in terms of strikeouts, just might give up, you know, a home run or two here or there. And McDaniel kind of did that same thing last year where he was striking dudes out, but struggled to keep the runs down. If he can figure out how to keep the runs down this year, he could be a very solidified guy on Sundays. Um, and I, I'm, I'm encouraged about the potential I, I do think that number five, um, while it sounds nice, I'm a big proponent that preseason rankings ultimately mean nothing. And in this case, I would actually mm-hmm. prefer to be ranked a little lower and have that kind of underdog mentality. But being number five is encouraging. And, and the Saturday 
Sunday uh, one-two punch that was announced earlier this week is encouraging. And, and I think Charleston Southern is going to be an opportunity to uh, really kind of establish what the tempo is going to look like um, and what the pitching is going to look like. And so I think this weekend will be a, a very telling series for Ole Miss. And I think it could be a very positive season if all things go according to plan. Yeah. Preseason rankings mean nothing. Um, and look, you can make all the Omaha jokes you want, but at this point, Ole Miss is sneaking up on nobody. Um, they're an elite program. They're in the conversation. It seems like every year now as the early projections for, you know, the eight to make it to Omaha, uh, I did see uh, somebody, I can't remember who it was. It might've been college baseball nation released, you know, their preseason picks for the college world series. And Ole Miss was listed as a number seven overall seed. Um, I think if you asked Ole Miss fans right now, if they'd take that right now, they would. Um, But uh, real quick, um, because I didn't know this until today, uh, listening to uh, a a really good college baseball podcast as we get ready for the uh, opening weekend, Um, College Sports Now. um, You can find that where you get your podcast. There's a – a free ad for them, but they were talking about um, the opening weekend. Do you know what TD Ameritrade's new name is? I actually don't. I, th- I just thought it was TD Ameritrade. So let me look it up here just to make sure I get it right. TD Ameritrade Park is no longer. It is now Charles Schwab Field, Omaha. Ew. Yeah, it really rolls off the tongue there, right? Why would you put um, the field on? Like, why, uh, why isn't it Charles Schwab? <laughs> Omaha? This is according, according to Wikipedia. So, but yeah, formerly TD Ameritrade Park, it's now Charles Schwab Field, Omaha, which is, yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Or like um, even, even Charles Schwab Field in Omaha or at, like yeah. it needs that qualifier, but just Charles Schwab Field, Omaha, it's missing something. I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, last thing here, some, some semi-breaking news is Jake Thompson over at, o- at OM Spirit just posted this. Uh, USA Baseball announced their 55-player list of preseason 2022 Golden Spikes Award watch list. Um, Hayden Dunhurst and Jacob Gonzalez both fall on that list. Um, it is the second straight season that multiple Rebels have made the list. McKaysey and Hoagland were both on it in 2021. Um, Ole Miss is also one of eight teams to have multiple players on the 2022 list. Um, uh, not crazy to see these two on there. Um, Jacob Gonzalez uh, just had a monster year as a freshman. Um, or excuse me, a sophomore. Um, or he's a sophomore now, freshman. Uh, as a freshman, All-American, um, hit 355, had 93 hits, 73 runs scored. Um, double-digit home runs. I mean, was just a – man, I, you can't say enough about how good he was as a true freshman. Uh, Hayden Dunhurst at 280, 11 doubles, had a pair of triples for the uh, for the backstop, uh, seven home runs, 43 RBIs, 40 runs scored, 996 fielding percentage with just three errors, and he threw out six runners. I, I think Hayden Dunhurst is going to have the benefit of having Calvin Harris help him uh, out behind the plate. I think Dunhurst got a little bit um, beaten down as the year went on because he was just back there. It seemed like every single game. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, these two talk about Gonzalez. He set single season freshman school records and games played runs scored RBIs, total bases and walks. And he's, he uh, ranks fifth and sixth in the nation respectively in runs scored and hits. Um, so probably has a case. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Probably has a case to be the best shortstop in the nation heading into 2022. And then Dunhurst, uh, we've said it a lot for a long time. I mean, Ole Miss is essentially, you know, on the football field, been dubbed as wide receiver you by some. Uh, Ole Miss baseball is, is catcher you. Without a doubt. I'm most excited. Everyone's excited to see the, the rotation playing out this weekend. People are excited to see Gonzalez get his bat on the ball, see what Alco looks like with his ACL. You know, everyone's excited for his first home run. I'm most excited for Dunhurst to throw a dude out and for everybody to go crazy. And it's going to be awesome. So I know it's coming. If not this weekend, then we'll get it next weekend or on Tuesday when we play Arkansas state um, or Wednesday, whenever that game is, but uh, everyone's excited about the bats. Everyone's excited about the return of Elko. I'm most excited to see Dunhurst just host some, some poor fella who decides to try to run on him because my goodness, that dude's got a cannon. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, Don't Run On Me Club, the 2022 edition. Um, before we close up, I do want to mention, we talked a ton about NIL at the top of the show. Uh, if you would like to donate to the Spirit NIL, you can do that. Go over to omspirit.com. Check out the message board. There is a link there. So if you want to join in, prove people like Alex Kirscher and and others in the mainstream media wrong, you can head on over and, uh, and donate and uh, help on this out as they try to, uh, you know, tip the scales in their favor with uh, juggernauts like Alabama and Georgia and A&M. So you can do that over at omspirit.com, part of the On3 network. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for Not Committed. Grayson, as always, appreciate the time. We'll, uh, we'll check back in on Julian Lewis's NIL valuation. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we get more uh, we get more updates from Bill O'Brien on Fortnite. But uh, thanks, buddy. This was fun. It's always a pleasure. Let's go, Reds. All right. That's going to do it. We'll be back on uh, Thursday. I guess recording on Thursday. Get it to you, uh, hopefully, either Thursday or Friday morning, our next episode. But thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Thanks to the sponsors that make the show possible. And thank you to Grayson for joining. So until next time, we out. <laughs>